0: You're listening to the Real Estate Radio Hour, the show that brings you unfiltered stories and insight from the Twin Cities real estate world with your hosts, Chris Rooney, broker at Remax Preferred, and Andy Presky, leader of the Preferred Home Team at REMAX Advantage Plus. Good morning. Good morning. Am I alone? For little I'm in the sun I know that it's a good day we like sun although we needed we needed rain lots of rain lake levels are way down it's 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 quite uh the, the opposite over here it's dreary out
1: no sun um very Eastern European but supposedly next week it's
0: officially spring season in Eastern Europe nice nice yeah no it's been not great uh around here as well so just uh we got a glimpse of sun so that's kind of nice to be able to have it whoa
2: adjust there your he background is because you can adjust your background because you're a man adjust your background woo,
0: woo. uh are andy's here <laughs> good morning Andy. And
2: oh we are live oh my god i didn't know that yeah. You guys gotta tell me these things. Well okay. it's, not,
0: it's only like eight o'clock. It's eight oh one. We're tune live.
2: Down, tune down the real you until uh the, yeah. yeah.
0: What
2: are you guys doing?
0: Showtime. I'm just baby. Every
2: week this is so nice.
0: I know around that same time. It's crazy. crazy. I know. I just turn
2: on my computer and it, it just happens wow. and it's really fun.
0: It is amazing. I was yeah. saying I was telling Nick how nice it is to see sun in our parts. And I'm getting shined on my, my, my shades don't quite block it all here.
2: Yeah. I think it's the first time I've had to actually shut my shades in about three weeks.
0: I know. It's, it's so true. Dreary. It's so true.
2: Yeah.
0: What do you think about the little market here, Andrew?
2: Well, it's uh it's, it's interesting. Um, mm. it's,
0: I'm having a hard time uh, figuring it out. Yeah. Are you finally know that a lot of people are, um, the canceling out of deals a lot now
2: um new construction i'm seeing um some of my agents that have buyers that are buying national builders homes where they only have you know a small amount of earnest money into the transactions i'm seeing where they're not afraid to say up oh, well our payment went up eight hundred dollars and so we're out we can't afford it anymore and the lenders are like yeah they're right they probably can't so then they will provide them with a cancellation and then they get all their money back and that's why i think you're seeing some of these national builders' stock prices tumbling right now because of that, because they don't have valid, I shouldn't say they have valid contracts, but they're not very pro builder or safe for the builder. They're mm-hmm. open-ended. Um, and and and
0: well, and I think they were using those a lot against the other people too. I mean, when the rising market and the rising costs went up, they were just like, Hey, forget it. I I locked in at a low price for you. We can't do it anymore. And now it's kind of coming back to bite them in the butt.
2: Yeah, it, for sure. And I think that, you know, here's the thing. Everything goes in cycles. You and I know this, right? I mean, things get hot, things get cold, but here's what's crazy. I, I truly believe right now, everybody's like waiting for this next dramatic big event to happen. I don't think it's going to happen. I think that inventory is going to come to a marketplace that's really thirsty and it's going to get scooped right back up again because there are so many people that want houses that maybe six months ago when that house was started, they weren't ready, but now that house is going to be ready in 30 or 60 days and they are ready. And so now you're going to see the instant gratification audience that's out there, which seems to be a lot of the buyers. Um, They want to see it knowing they can close on it to make a decision. And I'm actually seeing a lot of those buyers decide on houses that are not necessarily the perfect fit, but it's the perfect timing or, you know, or whatever. So.
0: Yeah. And there's still lots of people that still need houses and and can move. Um, There's a lot of people that are kind of, content with what they have and kind of wait it out as well. So it's uh it's kind of that it's it's just a it's just a weird, it's a weird time. You can see some listings that just get attacked, and then other ones that you're like, what the heck? I'm, I'm stunned that we're not getting as many showings as we thought we would get.
2: Yeah. I did that, I did a market for I won't say the city, but I did a market for a a city that I'm normally not um listing houses in. And I was shocked that the average days on market was 14. And compared to some of the areas I'm in, it's like th- 14 minutes. And so, you know, 14 days felt like, oh, my God, you know.
0: That is weird. I mean, there must be, uh, you know, I, I think those numbers are really skewed from the whole to be built stuff. Because you do see a lot of um, listings. I was just pulling up some um, today. Yeah, to kind of because we got a new listing going on and I always check at the very end, just see what we're going to actually compete against. And there's some new ones coming on, but it says in the particular area that I'm, I'm looking at, and it's a bigger kind of a swatch. I'm kind of I kind of opened it between five and eight hundred thousand wow. in a certain school district and 41 listings pop up. Well, after you decipher them and get rid of them and and twist them and turn them, there's 13. You know, because of the whole to be built or things are contingent already or, you know, we're thinking about building this in the year 2030, uh, but we haven't quite done it. And people are trying to get listings out there any way they can to try to uh, convince people to be able to jump kind of on theirs. And you said it earlier about people that Mm -hmm. don't have a ton of money and that can't compete in the multiple offers are going the new construction route to, you know, that. And they're, they're looking at it, at least I'm seeing this, they're looking at it as, you know what? We don't have to compete against each other. We know we're gonna be paying more uh, for it right now. And it's a, it's a high time in which to be able to do it, but at least we can get into something.
2: But let's say you spend a hundred dollars more a month on the house payment, right? To get the, the new build. Now you don't have to worry about anything. Everything's under warranty. Yep. Everything's shiny, brand new, everything. You're getting the maximum life out of all the products, assuming none of them have defects or issues, you know, or whatever, But I mean, new construction is a great fit for people that actually have um, a very fixed salary, because what's interesting is for some people where they have that, oh, hey, the furnace went out, we have an extra 10 grand this month in expenses, that for some people, that's not a big deal. But for somebody that's on a tight salary, they're going to have to finance that furnace. And all of a sudden, it doesn't make sense for them to even be looking at existing houses. So you should be, in some cases, really think through, you're, you're not being, you know, bodacious or, you know eccentric by buying a new house, you might need to buy a new house to satisfy your family's financial situation, because maybe you don't have the resources for those big surprises.
1: Yeah, you know,
0: no, very true.
1: Hey, guys, tax day came and went. What does this mean for real estate? Uh, Do we have to worry about
2: taxes anymore? Or what's going on? Um, I wish you would told me that last week, because it'd be more informational and helpful. Um,
0: (laughs) It's because you forgot. Did you forget to pay it?
2: Uh, no, unfortunately, I don't. That's one thing that I'm kind of a weirdo about. I I actually enjoy getting that behind me for the year, and then I can move on. Yeah, I, I do them quarterly, though. You know, so I don't I don't have that big at the end of the year. Hopefully, that big you know um, obligation to pay like I used to do when I was younger. I'd like just love you know sell sell sell, and then you pile everything up, and then literally at the end of the year they take all your money away, and you're like, oh. <laughs> I just I just stay broke the whole year and just keep paying them as I go and stay broke, you know. And it-
0: I made a deal about 15 years ago to not tell me, do not yeah. tell me. So my accountant and my wife worked together on this, and uh, but she likes to torture me sometimes by telling me, and I'm like, just don't don't tell me. It was kind of like the rental properties, you know. Someone's not paying rent. Well, I don't want to know that because then I get mad and I want to go attack rather than just keep being positive and moving forward nicely.
2: It, 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 it you, uh, you make an interesting point. So my mother way back in the day, this is advice for young real estate agents or anybody in sales. She said to me, she goes, you know, she goes, you're a great salesperson. She goes, you're super energetic. You're, 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 but she goes, you look at people, this was, I'm talking, you know, 30 years ago, 25 years ago. She goes, don't look at people as they have a dollar symbol on their forehead. Look at people as you're trying to help them and the money will come second. And, and so focus on them first and not the, the sale, focus on the people. And I'm telling you, that's the best advice I ever got because as a competitive young guy, you're like, okay, I got to have, you know, five sales a month. And I have to have this I have to, And all of a sudden you were a numbers person. And then you're, you're a jerk real estate agent versus the, Oh my gosh, I can't believe we got this deal for you guys. Then they refer five people to you. You know what I'm saying? And, and, in the, uh, the, the good behavior is rewarded down the road.
0: You do what's right and the money comes, that's for sure. Yeah, for sure. But um, the certainly our income taxes are done, but there's another thing called property taxes that uh, we will get to here at what, May 15th, that's a due date for a lot of people. Most people though, escrow their taxes, which means that they sit in an account, you pay them every month and then your bank turns around Or your mortgage company or your loan servicer turns around and pays those taxes for you but it's a very confusing thing for a lot of people on how property taxes work and for people kind of a quick tutorial that property taxes are due may 15th and october 15th and in may 15th you're actually paying for january through july 1st of of that year and then October 15th, you're paying from that July 1st until the end of the year. So we do a lot of things with like proration of taxes. You you hear that a lot in a contract. And basically what that means is that someone's going to, you'll, you'll pay from a seller standpoint, you'll pay up until that closing date. And then the other people pay after that. So now let's yep. just say that you had to pay uh, taxes October 15th and you're closing the end of October. Well, what happens is, is that that person's going to end up paying you back two months of taxes at mm-hmm. closing and or you get that back from your escrow account. So a lot right. of people don't understand that and how that works. How about well, like- you? Know,
2: you're right. because It is kind of funny. The person from a street smart perspective, you're like, oh, wait, I got all that money in escrow. I'm not closing unless I get that money at closing. A lot of your mortgage companies now are escrowing for, you know, taxes, they, the mortgage, insurance, whatever it is. And they put it into a fund so they can pay it the twice a year. Cause it's like, like Chris said, they don't want to take it, you know, every month they want it twice a year. So in that case, if you're ahead, you do get all that money back. It's actually against the law for them to keep that money. So rest assured that when you have your title company, ask the title company, you know, Hey, where's that tax dollars? Did I pay it up front? Is it in an escrow account? How do I get access to it? Or when can I anticipate actually getting a, uh, that money back? And, and it's really that simple.
0: How about understanding homesteading and non-homestead taxes? You want to take a shot at that? or
2: Well, yeah, sure. Homesteading taxes is where you're taking advantage of you actually owning a property, living in that dwelling. You know, homestead actually provides a lot more than just a tax shelter. It actually provides you with with protection with if you ever file bankruptcy or there's some other protection uh, laws, a divorce or whatever, there's... There's things that protect you as a human, providing you with shelter up to a certain dollar amount. I'm not the expert on that, but I know that there is a dollar amount that's available. Um, But generally homesteading used to save you a lot of money. And in the old days, they used to say that the uh, investment property or the second home, they would tax it at a higher rate. And it used to be significant. It used to be like at twice the rate. Nowadays, it's a little closer. I think, what is it? A hundred bucks maybe. A hundred bucks bucks different, right. So there, but there's still the the advantages of of protecting that as your shelter and as your place of residence, which is important.
0: And I think it's also interesting to note how uh, the counties and, and local governments determine how taxes are paid with valuation. And what they do is they look at whatever was there on. So let's just say on January 1st of 2021, they determine what's sitting on that property. And then that's what the taxes will be. For 2022. So that always lags behind a year as well. And so it's always kind of trying to catch up to it. But you're it's 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 really interesting um to explain this whole thing about property taxes because it is it's kind of convoluted, but um it's it's how it works and uh it's something that we're gonna be stuck paying forever. And it's
2: well, and and, and kind of to dovetail into that, like what you're saying, Chris, you know, with the new construction purchase. It is, um, in, in most cases, your first year of living in that home, you're going to be paying um, the version of what they thought it was at the first of the year. So if at the first of the year it was a lot, you get lot taxes. If it was a partially built house, you might have partial taxes. So there are some tax advantages to building new as well, easing you into that new tax obligation. Um, cool. Yeah. Wow. Awesome. You ask Nick how Poland is Yeah. Yeah. We, so- we need the Polish update.
1: Well, we're one and zero. We beat Warsaw a couple weekends ago. I was actually in Warsaw last weekend, meeting some uh, old friends. And Poland's nice. good. I like Poland. It's very inexpensive. Besides the weather, everything is is very nice
2: here. Those of you guys that are watching the show that don't know, you actually have bold perceptions. Um, really cool, fun thing to follow because Nick does a fantastic job of bringing you to places that you would never go on your own, and it uh, comes from a young man's eyes, which I really appreciate. You know. It really does. I'm, I'm saying that from a genuine place. I love it. I, I love, because as you get older and you get kind of, I don't want to say numb to things, but you're kind of like, well, it's tax season. Well, it's this, well, you know, and you become numb to all that versus when you're younger, you can still become president of the United States or a movie star, or you know what, maybe I'll be a doctor or not, you know? It, so I love it. I appreciate you, man.
1: Thanks a lot. I hope to, to stay young forever. Keep the curiosity going and I'm glad it inspired you. Anyways, this brought, This broadcast is uh, brought to you by Andy Prasky, Preferred Home Team.
2: Well, they said I could have 30 seconds on the show for a quick ad. Andy Prasky, Remax Advantage Plus, andy at prasky.com if you wanna email us. Here's the thing, 22 years in the business, over 1,400 sales, I'd like to help you with your real estate needs. If that's buying, if that's selling, if that's building, whatever it is, give us a call, send us an email. Let's get you started on your real estate journey. I'd like to help you on the way. Uh, lots of experience here, and I uh, would like to put it to work for you, Andy Prasky, Remax Advantage Plus. Thanks for listening to the show. Ah! I would have I would have wore a mask if I would have known that was gonna be such a close up. I swear to God.
0: <laughs> no more masks. Yeah. No more Andy. You can fly, fly anywhere you want now.
2: I'm gonna fly tomorrow morning. I'm gonna take a, my first flight without a mask. I think tomorrow. Well, you? Let me out. Yeah. Where are you headed? Uh Florida. Nice. Where it's 87 and sunny every day next week. I know. So I'll be okay. doing my uh version of the show, hopefully off the deck, uh o- oceanside next uh Thursday.
0: Good for you. Good for well you. we'll see.
2: I've got my team trip. You know, I do every year. Oh, that's we right. do all the all the members on the team, they earn points throughout the year, um, hitting their goals and and uh and then we do this big awesome like family style vacation at the end of the, the season, which You know, for me, I hate to say it. It should be probably January, February, but for me, it takes till April to get it booked, um, because we have all the spring previews, we have all the trade shows, we have, and so I'm just like, you guys, hey, let's let's get the spring really cranking, and then let's take our break in April, like right now for a week, and then recharge, so you've got this awesome, you know, catapult into the into the summer season, and it's worked pretty good over the last. And in
0: real estate, there's never a, a. the right time so it's right. just like you just got to go do it yeah uh, that's good that's good to do good to get away for sure i'm trying to still um get my tab situation settled uh with my sprinter it's been it's been s- stuck in a driveway for almost three weeks now can't freaking drive it because of a stupid tabs. <laughs> everyone everyone predicted that he would take one trip and he'd be lost in the driveway yeah it's a nice it's a
2: <laughs> it's a nice decoration though it does look good in the driveway and nick at what at what point do we start monitoring our parents financial situation where we make sure they don't waste money on on things you know or hey, get i'm, away to I'm gonna home. get it
1: when i come back i'm gonna get it and take it down to
0: mexico
2: i for sure right, let's, hey, let's
0: i'm telling you what <laughs> That's what my accountant does I remember those old days when I used to uh, – that's when I really kind of looked at myself and said, Chris, this is kind of ridiculous. i do my own taxes, and i try to find expenses. And we used to be able to expense all our food and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And uh, I remember going through, and it was always – it was $3.18. Do you know how many $3.18 checks I wrote at McDonald's for double che- two cheeseburgers, the fry, and a Coke? I mean, it was – it was unbelievable. I
2: mean, I'm like, okay, that's, that's funny. Now I, I wonder how that happened. Hmm. I, I think the best thing you can do for yourself as a real estate agent is once you get your your books moving and you've got some uh, consistent volume, is to get an accounting team and and have you know the CPA and and have the taxes being done for you, and then having a bookkeeper surprisingly is not as expensive as you would think, and having them helping you pay your bills and keep on track and. Um, it, it, the reason why I say that is because when you say it's tax season, to me, that used to tax me so hard, like you're thinking of everything you can write off and it just so takes your focus off your business. And what's really important that it, like, like I said, I, I, you know, years ago got involved with an accountant and, uh, and it's worth every penny. That's for
0: sure. Realtors, listen up. Do you have a listing that has carpet that looks like this and kitchen cabinets that look like
2: this? Light fixtures, that look like this. The bathrooms, that look like this. Then drop me a DM. I'll get you a cash offer you and your sellers will be happy with. Nice. Yeah.
0: It, it, keep, it keeps you going, I guess. I would, uh, I would love to find some uh, deals like that out there now.
2: Yeah. I wish say existed too. Yeah. There's no reason to. Hey, here's the thing. Um, I, I I still look at people going, oh, well, boy, I, I need a cash offer. I need this to happen really quick. I go quicker than 30 days. Yeah. I go sell your house with with literally a, you know, garbage pile in the middle of the room. your house is going to sell and it's yeah. going to sell as is and it'll sell in under 30 days. The marketplace, I'm telling you, when you create competition, competition will outbid each other. When you take one offer, you're selling short. I, every, I'm just telling you. You're selling short because those cash offers are the guaranteed offers. And then they, well, we can close in a week or we can. Oh, should I do this too? Uh, we close in a week. Um, we. <laughs> what is up with the Zoom? I don't know. I'm uh, but i
0: I'm trying to get out of the sun. So I'm hiding in this corner. Ah, this what I'm doing.
2: Yes. Yeah. We thought you were crouching over. Yeah, I know. I'm trying too many to whiskeys. All right. I'm just going to let it. I'm just going to let it flow here.
0: I want one of those. They're nice. I've never, I've never, I don't think I've ever seen one.
2: A dryer box?
0: Yeah. They're cool. Like that.
2: Yeah. Well that, you know, the other thing that's kind of cool is there. I know I'm surprised at how many people aren't aware that we can also hook the laundry right into the wall. It doesn't have to dump into the sink next to it. And so many people are like shocked by that. I don't know why, but they are. And Yeah. uh,
0: yeah. Yep. Not used to it.
2: I didn't mean it when I said I didn't love you. So
1: I should have held on tight. I never should have let you go. I didn't know nothing. I was stupid. I was foolish. I was lying to myself.
2: I'm confused. But what was it? They
0: said when real estate was a thought it was a glamorous life, and I think that the very first video or what they were showing is they were showing uh this gal which I assume was a realtor scrubbing the floor right boy is that true I remember my beginning days uh, (laughs) I used to do anything and everything for people to be able to get their house on the market and then if it was screwed up or if I'm going to a showing I mean having all your materials with you because you had to get that freaking thing cleaned up (laughs) to be able to get it sold and and you did kind of what you had to do to be able to do it so.
2: I had one a couple of years ago, not that you know, that I'm looking for kudos, but we had where we had a, uh, an older lady that was in her um, senior years, her husband just passed away and she couldn't actually see very well. And she was paying all of her bills every month. And she claimed that somebody was mowing her grass and her kids all lived out of state. And when I got out there to meet with her, to help her sell her house, um, the grass was, I'm not kidding you over two feet long. And she goes, I've been paying them every week. I mean, why are they not mowing then? And I'm like, I, I don't know. So I load up the old Andy Prasky uh, riding lawnmower, put it in my trailer, and I'm like, I'll just mow it for her. A day and a half later, because it was an acre and a half yard, and I'm like, I can't just leave it here like mowed hay. So then I started picking, I'm like, oh my God, I don't know what I was getting into. But um, good news is we sold the house, and she's happy now living out in New Jersey with her family.
0: <laughs> was there a video of that? I remember I did tractor. Didn't it because
2: I couldn't believe how long the grass was.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I remember. I think I remember your little your little vehicle. I think if you He's dig got, back a
2: little bit in my Instagram. It's on there from a year or two ago.
0: Andy's got all the little toys. You should see oh, this. Yeah. You got. You should take a picture of your garage too. Be stunned how organized this dang thing, thing is. Yeah. It's like a Home Depot within his garage.
2: Well, you know what's funny is I, I also have a lot of tools, and so I have a little camera out in my garage now, so I can see who comes and borrows tools. Well, smart. I lose so much stuff. Yes. Yeah. You know, nobody thinks about it. Cause I'm, I'm easy. I'm like, sure, go ahead and use the whatever. And all of a sudden it's gone. And I'm like, oh, wait a minute. Hey, Bill, you still have my shovel? Uh, yeah. How'd you know I had your shovel? <laughs>
0: yeah. Black, black Sharpie accompanies all my new purchases now.
2: Yeah. But you know, it what's says funny? Rooney on it. Mine all say Prasky, like an old man yeah, s- yeah. stuff should. And then all of a sudden, guess who lives next door to me now? Another Andy. Prasky. Uh, no, another Prasky. My brother, Tom, we sold him the house right next door. No way. Oh, we I got tools that. laying all over the cul-de-sac. Now let's say Prasky. Nobody <laughs> knows who they are.
0: That's good. You got the camera now. I didn't know Tom moved next to you.
2: Yeah. Oh, you my God. See? It's so awesome. They have three yeah. young boys. So because oh, I'm yeah. the empty nester now, it's like I get to have young kids again. I love it.
0: Oh Two Praskys together.
2: It's great. You, we just, actually, you know what's funny? We, our families are also darn busy all the time anyway. I know. We only get together every other week, it seems like, or maybe in the driveway for five minutes, so it's been really nice, actually.
0: You going to get the life coach out in, in Champlin, too, or not? We
2: are looking for the life coach, but yeah. there's nothing quite as fancy, I don't think, as what the life coach needs. Yeah. <laughs> good, good.
1: Floor-to-ceiling windows and lots of natural light. A beautiful view, too. Yeah, that's great beautiful stainless steel appliances
2: oh yeah that's more than eight feet it's vinyl exposed brick
0: starting exposed brick
2: i believe they're making fun of the way we write our commercials or ads what is
0: That's what I think. That was I, you. I know. I, I Nick showed me all these little little props he has. Andy, you should see this thing. And now I saw it and I'm like, I'm gonna start doing this to like Andy. But that's that little gun thing was for that last video. I don't think that uh
1: so they're making fun of you
0: guys, like oh, like a yeah. realtor. Well, it's like but, TV. That's why I can't watch it.
2: You know, when they you should stuff. see some of the stuff that my clients send me. They see funny real estate clips and they send them to me all the time because they you know. Look at this beautiful office. It's like, it's not beautiful. It's just an office. And it's okay not to have everything be beautiful or stunning.
0: Amazing. How about when they go into it and say, Well, look at this kitchen? No, no kidding. We know it's a kitchen, you know, and it's that it just gives us the worst. I do that sometimes. There's a front door. We have a front door. It's very impressive. What's the meaning of painting your door red? Painting your door red is an old American tradition. It was a symbol for travelers traveling through your town. The red door meant that they were welcome to come in and it was a safe
2: place to rest.
0: I thought it was patriotic red.
2: I thought it had something to do with uh what is that uh Amsterdam where they uh you know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah. <laughs> That's red light.
1: Red light. It, oh, my so I did this video, is there any other things like on a home that's like based on tradition that maybe um, people don't necessarily know, like that red door
0: thing? Well, I would, like to, I would like to say something about a red door first. I always wanted a red door. I was a painter in my younger days uh, in college doing stuff. And when I bought my first place, it was a townhouse and I painted the door red. And I, it's like the one thing I wanted to do and what do you think happened, Andy? It was a townhouse.
2: Uh they called you and said no, thank you. <laughs> exactly.
0: So my 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 red door went back to tan again. So but it was it was it was good while it lasted. But I don't know, other things um that have uh, meanings. Um not from a real estate perspective, I don't think, but
2: uh I guess we, we could dig into that a little bit. I think that in today's market, I don't know if anybody's intentionally doing things that mean things other than you know they're doing things that they like
0: i know what yeah. about shutters you know what shutters were made for before and they had the little gun holes in them so they block them up and then put be able to put their gun right out the gun hole just saying
2: what world do you live in
0: it's true you, uh, it's a fact it's, it's a total fact it has gun holes in it up look it up i'm telling you that, that's what those shutters when they closed they made like that little hole like where the two came it was for it was for your uh guns oh. you had to protect your house from looters
2: i, I did not know that
0: yeah they're coming but why out. do they put
2: them on the outside why didn't they put them on the inside
0: can't the so looters just put them their in their on the outside to get in it protected their glass ah
1: yeah i wonder if anyone i, I guys here we go here's a big segment here a lot of people are complaining about it and, and need advice Managing buyer fatigue. I have another Reddit post here. So they're really burnt out, you know, not being able to buy a home and putting offers in, and this is a big problem I'm seeing on on Reddit and on Twitter about real
0: estate. Yeah, this one's only put two offers out. Can you leave that up there for a second, Nick? They put two offers out and had multiple showings canceled because the house was in contract before the showings even started. That's in the coming soon status, so people know um, that you can buy them. Uh <laughs> okay funny mike ludwig um but this is our first home and it started, and we're looking at the absolute worst time just wondering how everyone else is going so oh, i love mike yeah, I
2: know. <laughs> mike's always looking for a way to poke us
0: he's he's good at it he's he's very quick he's great at it he's that's why i like him
2: it. yeah I, you know there's no better way to compliment your buddy than to give him a little poke
0: yeah. <laughs> well that you'd, you would say we're friends then
2: yeah, you no, must be you.
0: Yeah. But anyways, let's talk about buyer fatigue because that's a that's a real thing and it's something that we have to manage all the time because I think the the interesting part for us was always to be able to really push that house and oh my gosh, it's beautiful, it's perfect for you. It's going to be the best house ever for you to kind of get them to to write and move on. And now there's some apprehension, you know. There's there's other houses out there. You know, you just have to kind of go to where you think it's going to be best for you. And if you lose, you know, you're always you're kind of like hedging your bet all the time to try to create this whole buyer fatigue and not let them uh, get lost in it. But my gosh, I had uh, one example I probably talked about, but I was at an open house and this was a a crazy house in the middle of COVID that um, had every showing slot was filled. And we had two open houses. And the one open house I was at, they, this buyer already saw it. They came up to me. I was outside managing traffic because it was like 20 people, couples trying to get in. I had to manage it. So I was just out there talking. And one couple comes up to me and they said, Here, are you the agent? And I said, yes, I am. And they said, well, we have an agent and this is her name. And I said, oh, OK, good. And he goes, I just want you to know that we want this house. you just tell us what we have to pay for it we'll do it. I said, well, you got to talk to your age about that. No, we're going to tell you because we want you to know that whatever it is. Well, it turns out they had lost 16 homes before that and they were not going to lose this home and they didn't lose this home.
2: Well, what was the stats we did a couple of weeks ago or months ago? It said like the average buyer right now, it's like 40% of offers come in over list price. Um, The average buyer writes three offers before they get accepted. Um, it takes an average buyer, 12 months to buy a house there. There's a lot of things. And so I think that there's a great coaching opportunity there where if, if you're getting on this treadmill of buying a house, if somebody's not helping you and you get on it by yourself and you don't know what you're getting into and you're like, Oh, let's buy a house before the holiday next week. Uh, good luck. It, it, yeah. it doesn't statistically happen. So if you have somebody guiding you a little bit saying, Hey, here's what you're getting into, you know, Hey, the treadmill's running at seven miles an hour. Can you keep up with that or not? Because some people don't want to go that fast. And so I I guide people on the beginning to say, hey, if you're getting into this business, we'll do better than the average uh, real estate agent. But statistically, here's where you're at. So here's what you can expect. Here's what to anticipate. Here's what the market's doing currently. Um, The average uh, listing is going to have five offers. You're going to be one of five offers. So you need to think strategically as to how you're going to write that offer. What are you willing to do? Or what can we do together as a collaboration to up front, maybe bring a, a contractor with us, an inspector with us. So as you're looking at the house, they're kind of doing a visual inspection. So, you know, I mean, those are all the weird and kind of, you know, creative things you got to do right now to become a buyer. Well,
0: and if you thought managing buyer fatigue was bad before, now add on interest rates that have popped up to a couple percent and someone who lost out on that. And now there's buyer fatigue where they're still fighting for houses, but now their payments $400 higher than it was going to be the time before. So frustrating. But I try to explain to people too that, you know, I think everyone looks at it. I mean, you look at it how you want, but I try to say, Hey, that's, it's, it's $4,800 a year. It's $5,000 that you're going to pay, you know? And yeah, this might last a while, but very rare does people not, maybe the rates change and you, you get a better rate or I think people think that they're going to sit in their house for 30 years and it just doesn't happen. You right. move, you get a different job, you, you move up, you move down. So it's not like it's a long-term haul kind of a thing. And so let's it's kind of get in perspective of what it is. And and you've said this before too, Andy, that it's it's crazy how um, affordable it really is right now over the history of time. you know. Now, did we just come out of something that was unbelievable? We certainly did. But yeah. It's still really good. It's really good. Really, really.
1: Interrupt this broadcast to bring you a commercial by Chris Rooney Home Experts. What are you doing? <laughs> I'm, I'm watching it? the Chris Rooney going. Home Experts
2: commercial. I was just
0: one years old when my family started in real estate, where both my parents were agents. They also dabbled in investing in real estate rentals, flips, and construction. After college, I went right into getting my license in July of 1990. As a 23-year-old agent in an industry that looks nothing like today, I had to know more for my clients to choose me. There wasn't Zillow or social media to tell them how good I was. I had to win them over with knowledge. With knowledge comes confidence, and with confidence comes results. I find-
2: I'm in. I'll hire that guy. I really would.
0: Thank you, Andy. Say so you're saying that even after paying commission.
2: <laughs> that is the exact face I see weekly. Wait a minute. <laughs>
0: hey, for, the, for the listening audience, we have to read this. So so you're saying that it's a little meme. So you're saying that even after paying commission, I'm I'll still make more money than listing it myself? Yeah. So and
2: you know, got a little fella sitting there with a real funny grin on his face. Like, are you sure? <laughs>
0: yeah. So you, you, you're Mr. Uh, Statman, Andy. What is it again? If you typically oh, from 12, a uh, yeah,
2: Right now they've been tracking around a 12% higher sale price on average nationwide with people that are selling with agents than without. That's facts. And then there was, there was a, another statistic on that that was like, 90 uh almost 90 percent of the uh sales right now are with agents and the 10 percent that are left that are for sale by owner it's like 80 percent of those are inner family sales so it's like there's really nobody doing for sale by owner right now it's it's pretty it which is it's which is weird because you think it'd be the opposite you think there'd be a lot of people trying to do for sale by owner right now just to you know save money and make money and i but i think what's happening is things are happening so fast and so aggressively that most people still don't feel comfortable you know, putting the house up for sale themselves and there's enough gravy on the potatoes to feed everybody. So it's like, you know, most people feel that, yeah, you know what, we're getting 50,000 more than we thought we were going to get anyway. So here's, you know, eight grand to sell our house, who cares, you know, or whatever the numbers are. Yeah.
0: I, uh, I'll tell you what dealing with, uh, for sale by owners or uh, from a real estate side is very, very hard. Um, I've got one that I'm showing tomorrow that took us five phone calls to even get them to call us back. And to kind of give us some information that wasn't on their listing sheet. And then we had to provide pre-approval letters. I mean, it's everything is just like making it as big of a pain in the butt as you possibly can. And don't think that when you do that to someone that it's not going to kind of come back at you a little yeah. harder. So it's just a, I don't know. I think, say stick in your lane. <laughs> I do. It was always I remember when I was younger and my father-in-law could not believe, he was to be my father-in-law, could not believe that I would go pay someone to change the oil in my car. (laughs) I'm like, like, hey, we all got something that we're good at. And uh, that's one thing I'm not. And I'm going to, I'll ruin my car if if I'm changing any oil, I'll tell you that. Oh boy, is this ever... True, I've been posting videos once a month for a year now. I'm going to be the next Tom Ferry, and so for people that don't know, Tom Ferry is kind of a, a real estate coach and yeah uh, knows everything and I think was pretty successful realtor. I don't, I don't even know, but I assume he was. And uh, but I do think I, I think it's interesting. I always watch from the first of the year where people start their new thing. You can always tell when someone start their new thing because all of a sudden it comes out of the out of nowhere. And then it's, it's really consistent for a few months and then it stops. And well, I just think, I think it's kind of funny. I think
2: it's kind of like anything. I mean, just, you know, people get busy certain times of the year and so they don't watch every video. And then what it really is is just a reminder for a lot of people. And some people are just like a light uh, entertainment source. Just, hey, what's going on in this person's world? You know, they can be selling tractors or selling houses. Sometimes that's interesting to people, that, you know, real life kind of situation, you know? And, and then there's other people that are always selling. And I think that what happens is with videos where you're sell, 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 sell. sell who's going to follow that? I mean, that's, you know, that's like my kids telling me, dad, you're dumb. Cause you watch TV and I go, why am I dumb? And they go, you have to watch all the commercials. And I go, well, how am I supposed to know what products to buy if I don't watch commercials? <laughs> and they're like, you are dumb, dad. Uh, you know, for go, for okay. the last,
0: for the last year on the show, we've been watching videos of uh, realtors and TikToking and whatever it is. And they, uh, you know, a lot of people are pretty successful at it, but you gotta be consistent. I think it's gotta be genuine uh, where it can kind of really get to know you and then show some knowledge. And I think if you just, if it's, um, you know, even making fun of realtors, I think is, is, is funny. And I think it's unique, but you still gotta, in the end, you gotta know what the heck you're talking about. Yeah. So many don't.
2: That's right.
0: <laughs> we got the Hulk totally hulked out, and then, uh, client expectations. So you want something big, and then their budget is just not quite as uh, big as their uh, what they think and what they think they should be getting. I think lately, uh, over the last couple of years, expectations have very much been. Uh, tamed on buyers. They expect they they give in. Where it used to be, no, I'm not looking at anything that doesn't have four bedrooms, three baths, and uh, a deck with a patio outside. Now it's like you know, as long as it's in the price point, we'll go and look at it. And that's a lot of things that um, we're doing now too. We I was just at a house in Richfield and they it used to be a three bedroom uh, rambler. The old listing was. Well, they made one bedroom into two so now it's a two-bedroom and three four years ago that would have been a big problem saying two bedrooms now it's just a price point people are looking at and then we'll figure out how to be able to get a another bedroom in there as long as it's, it's big enough in which to be able to do it but was that not like a total kill shot if you only had like two bedrooms andy it would put oh, you in for sure yeah i mean we used to
2: i used to coach people all the time into that when we were getting ready to list their houses and saying even like in some pockets, like there was, I don't know why, but like in Brooklyn park, there was always these families with lots of kids. And so it was a big deal to have a four bedroom house. So I was like, let's do whatever we need to do to make sure that we have that office, have a closet. So it conforms as an off or a bedroom. And then we can say we have a four bedroom or a five bedroom house. And then all of a sudden it just brings in more people. And again, you'll hear the consistent theme with me is bringing in more people creates competition. Competition gets you a better offer with better terms better price, you know, everything that you're looking for. So
0: true. Andrew.
1: Okay, guys, got this article that was being shared a while. And it's uh, why homeowners aren't selling. So we're going to go through this, and you guys are going to leave some comments on the situation.
2: row,
0: let's let's do it. Okay, number of mortgages by interest rate. So what what's out there right now? Um, look at that, Andy. Between between two and a half and three and a half percent, there's 24 million. That's mm-hmm. more than anywhere else. Between two and a half and three and a half percent. That's a, that's a big reason why some people aren't selling <laughs> that they're sitting at this and maybe they refinanced, you know, cause it's, it's not like they just bought in the last couple of years. This is if they refinanced and if someone's sitting on two and a half to 3%, it's going to take them a lot in which to be able to move that into something that's at 5%. Well,
2: I'm, I'm telling you, why would you move if you got put into a sweetheart situation where you basically got free money? Why would you ever move? I'd remodel before I'd move. If I, you know, also you get old. You can't do stairs. I'd add a master bedroom on the main level before I'd move. You know, if you're comfortable and everything's affordable and it works. I mean, I think the most, the number one reason why people move is usually square footage, like their family's expanding or they have too much square footage or whatever it is, and they'll they'll come back to you. But this again goes back to affordability. So people saying, "Oh, I just can't afford to buy a house." Holy crap, you guys! Look at these interest rates that these people locked in at, and now we're in that you know 5%. So now we're look, we're down on the bottom. So now they're putting people into the buckets of where the interest rates are a little higher. And but what's interesting is this, everybody that's bought in the last 3 years, solid buyers, huge amounts of equity, low payments. Unfortunately, that's kind of like concrete drying. I don't think a lot of those people will loosen up and sell. So we're going to have to go back to the people on the bottom of the list that don't want to move or refinance or whatever, right or build or
0: I here's what I think. I think it's a It would be a really good time for some of these people to buy but not to sell and so they might hang on to that as an investment property for sure and and if you think about it hey my payment's super low i'll be able to rent it for this because there's not many rentals i'll be able to subsidize my other payment with that rental income and now i've got two houses appreciated so there's always there's always something i mean i've been through it i mean 30 32 years and you know start that 10.5 percent interest rates and just right when I got into it, we just got off 17% interest rates. So yeah. and they were still selling and doing things. And oh, so yeah. you have to adapt to the times and, and what it is.
2: Yep, for sure. Do you want us to read something here?
1: Yeah, do you want me to read you, this? You know,
2: we're challenged with that. We
0: Okay. So That's the big 92, picture. Huh? Oh, yeah. 92% of homeowners say that their current home is affordable. More impressively, 91% of lower income owners say the same thing. Uh, so people are satisfied is what it is. And, uh, what's to say about the big picture? If you hold the mortgage, that's a lot cheaper than what you'd need to pay. If you moved, that's a significant financial incentive to stay put, which we just said, the result is that thanks to supply and demand dynamics, increased mortgage rates are less likely to mean lower home prices. And that's going back to inventory. There's just no inventory. Between the lines when when mortgage rates rise, that lowers the supplies of homes hitting the market. Lower supply means higher prices, especially in areas where people are bidding in cash.
2: Very so, true as well. Think about this, Chris. This is where people, or even Nick for that sake, people keep saying, oh, housing's gonna crash. Housing's gonna crash. I'm like, how? I mean, with, with, you know, with the way we're inflation right now, it's actually one of the best investments out there because people want to be in something secure, you know?
0: Yeah. That's yeah. It's not, nothing's going to change until inventory changes. Just telling you.
2: And they, what are they saying? That's five, six years to 10 years out. They they're just telling us says, get used to this environment guys, because inventory is not going to be other than new construction, which is kind of the mid to high end of the market, you know, unless you're, you're in an apartment or something like that, or a, but I mean, look at townhouses, even in the twin cities, metro area here, I'm seeing a lot of townhouses, they're hard, they're hard, keeping the hard time keeping them under 400. Think about that. That's insane to me. So when you look at, um, you know, where housing is going to go, I think you're going to have a few properties. because people get divorced, people die, people, whatever. So there's always gonna be some inventory coming in, but most people that can make a conscious decision to say, Hey, Let's stay put where it's safe, cheap. We're used to living here. Let's remodel. Probably a great time to become a remodeler right now if you're looking for a business opportunity. Um, I think over the next few years, you're going to see a lot of people retrofitting their houses, especially the older crowd trying to stay in that house longer, Uh, putting in the stair riders, putting in the the easy to get into showers or the walk-in bathtubs. A lot of that stuff is going to just be a great investment over the next few years.
0: But on the remodeling, there's so many unknowns. Andy, I just ran into one on mine. That it's eight, it's eight thousand more because they notched out after I took down the all the sheetrock and the insulation. They notched out my trusses. I have to replace them all underneath of it. You know, and it's just like you don't know that stuff. And all of a sudden, thank God, thank God that I did decide. Well, actually, someone else talked me into um, taking that down because, I mean, how do you sell that to someone else and and feel good about it later on? So, anyways. <laughs>
1: All right. So I'm really excited to see what you guys think about uh, cryptocurrency and real estate. Have you made any deals with it? What are you hearing? Are there challenges? Andy, it's your analogy.
2: I don't know if I have an analogy quite yet, but it'll probably spit out as I'm ranting. Um, here's the thing. I, I have become, over, over my years of being in this business, I look at reality. I look at things happen, things change. Um, now you bring into the arena a new form of currency. So I do have currently. I do have a buyer that's buying a house using crypto. There's one bank that I'm aware of in the Twin Cities that accepts crypto and will, you know, tran- obviously the first thing they want to do is take the crypto in and sell it and turn it into cash because the rest of the world works on cash. But we are buying based on a on a crypto uh, income and cryptocurrency, uh, you know, uh, as the as the deposit. So it, it's there. It's real. Now, will it be gone in five years? Will it be gone in six weeks? I mean with having so many different companies that are out there and I get the concepts of it, I really do. But somebody that has legitimacy is gonna to have to stand behind it and guarantee it. And I don't know if anybody has the size to replace like the US dollar with a crypto. Um, but I think there's, what I do like is within crypto, there's a thing called blockchain technology where it it's almost like the ability to do a closing on a house within blockchain is really fantastic. It's It locks it in, it, it um, is not allowed to manipulate, it eliminates the ability for fraud. Um, so that I'm excited about. The whole crypto concept is is also very interesting, which is within that same style of being uh, an individual identity number and whatever else. But but here's the, ba- the, the sad part. I've seen people become billionaires overnight, and I've seen billionaires turn into 100 heirs overnight. So it's like there's no consistency yet in that arena other than speculation. Once speculation hits or a big movie star says something cool about it, then it shoots up. Generally, I'm not into <laughs> gambling, so I, I try to stay away from gambling right now at this age and uh, level of my career.
0: I I say just ask Elon Musk, and then that whatever he says, will, everyone will go crazy over it anyway. So, well,
2: this you saw is how what happened. To him. He was on Saturday Night Live, and it, it was the opposite. He was on there. What was he pushing, Nick Deutsche Coin or something? Yeah,
0: Dogecoin. Coin.
2: Yeah, and then all of a sudden it
1: goes. Well, no, ask well, Netflix what happened. What's really interesting, though, is Andy, I think it was a couple weeks weeks ago, you were talking about imaginary money. You know, we're talking about crypto gambling, but now you have a deal possibly with this imaginary money. So as your thoughts changed over the past couple of
2: weeks, months? No, I just think it's kind of like using foreign uh, currency. There's an exchange rate. So the, what the exchange rate is is probably going to be shocking to that individual. I don't, and they're not disclosing that to me. So instead of coming in with good hard cash, you have somebody that's a software designer that's working with foreign entities that are paying him in crypto. And so it's, it's a cool deal. I mean, it it seems like, Hey, this is how the new world could work. But the problem is, is the crypto value. So let's say today we're paying you a thousand dollars a day to be this designer. And all of a sudden that crypto value drops. So now you're making $30 a day. How do you survive in America that thrives still on the, on the dollar? I'm not saying that it can't change. It's just, it's going to be a real weird Um, transformation. I think you're going to see pockets of opportunities in that arena where, you know, exchanging foreign dollars. If I had foreign currency, I'd rather be in crypto than in some of the foreign currencies. When you see inflationary rates at 1400%, you know, in some of these other countries, I mean, some of that stuff is just ridiculous. So I'd be, I'd be all for crypto, but on the other hand, it also buy us dollars, like 90% of the other, um, you know, billionaires in the world are doing. So I, I don't think it's dead. I just I just don't know how it quite fits in, you know. I mean, in our little world, it's it's really small right now, but I think it will get bigger.
0: Once I get my once I get my sprinter tabs, I'm gonna I'm gonna figure out crypto.
2: <laughs>
0: On some mountain, I'm gonna figure it out. I just yeah, don't know we, much about it.
2: We we do wanna we do wanna walk before we run, Chris. That's true. Yeah. yeah, we, yeah.
0: I need to do that.
2: My van is full of crypto. They're like, <laughs> I'm sorry, what, sir? <laughs>
1: <laughs> but, hey, let's knock out some facebook questions here We've got a handful yeah greg in the metro how close can real estate developers build houses next to each other
2: depends on the city but most cities will allow you to go seven and a half feet off the property line so on both sides it used to be five and ten was the old popular like five on the garage side ten on the house side but then houses looked on un- it looked like they had you know like screwed up teeth as you go down the street, some are tighter together, some are wider apart. So now they're doing seven and a half and seven and a half, or you can float onto one side or the other. So if you're on a street with a grade and you want to be on the, you want your garage to be on the top side of the grade so that you don't have to such a steep driveway or something like that. I think that they'll let you pick, but that that's depends. a general rule.
0: It depends on zoning because there's zero yep. lot lines as well. Depends yeah. what your, your PUD is. I mean, there's a lot of. There's a lot of things that kind of go into that factor, but I'll tell you what, in the old days when I actually, when I had a construction company, it was always 10 and 10. Unless we're on the lake, we had 15 feet to work with. And then uh, sometimes you can be 10 off one side and five off the other, no closer than five. But yeah. when you get into weird little things like lake shoreline districts, uh, downtown, it, big difference.
2: Well, you know, the other thing I was going to say that we can add to that is, you know, with Greg. By the way, Greg, thanks for being such an awesome, loyal uh, friend of ours overall. And good,
0: and good questions. Thought out. Yeah. Oh, yeah oh.
2: I, we, we'd so appreciate Greg. He's a great guy. Um, I'll let you take me to uh, Chet's Chicken here real soon. Um, <laughs> Greg, I, I think I'll, I'll drag Rooney up to so Alex. Oh, nice of you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, No, I was going to say was the other thing that really affects the, the feel of a neighborhood, you guys, is the setback on the driveways. So, you know, from the back of the, what they call the curb stop, it's usually about a 25 foot setback. So to the actual curb from the curb stop is another 10 feet. So most driveways in most neighborhoods are 35 feet long. Okay. Unless your house doesn't fit or they have to slide it back or turn it slightly and it can get bigger. In some townhouse or detached zero lot line um, where they can go within five feet of the property lines. Sometimes that's only 20 feet deep. So you can barely fit a car on the driveway and your bumper's hanging off the the into the street. So that that makes a big difference on the feel of the house too. So like when you're going into a neighborhood, um now I've been in I've got one over in Centerville where the lots are 85 feet wide. And most houses you can accommodate a big beautiful house with a four car garage with that kind of width. And and then you know it so it's kind of cool. And then you could you don't have to set the house back so far. It's kind of nice. I, I like being up at the street and then you know you can really appreciate the architecture on the home. Um give yourself a bigger backyard. So anyway. Um, the bank of St. Croix in uh, Stillwater is the one that I'm working with currently.
0: Say it again, Andy. You went out.
2: Uh the bank of St. Croix over in Stillwater is the okay. bank I'm working with currently with a buyer. Cool. Yep.
1: All right. Let's, let's uh repeat the question for the, the audio listeners. morning. Oh, sorry, show. what
2: bank accepts crypto Andy question mark? Um, and that is the bank of St. Croix. Well now, and, and they may, you know, and I, I don't want to do an endorsement for them. I don't want to do an ad for them. I don't want you to flood their phones, but that is one of the, the banks. And I believe they're doing it on a portfolio style loan, which means this person has probably fantastic credit and has demonstrated the ability to repay any other loans that they've given them. So they would be willing to take a risk on something like crypto rules apply.
0: Yeah. I don't do real estate agents list their own properties and i do not i do not um i'm I'm in i'm usually in control of it from behind the scenes but you just don't you don't treat it the same and uh i'm really bad like i would i would give it away or you get offended quickly it's just like a for sale by owner i think you're just out of your element so i typically have other agents i don't think i've ever listed my own property or taken the calls for it ever Mm -hmm.
2: Well, when I was, uh, when I was looking for a property up in Brainerd, I had no intention of being my own agent. And then I switched over back to Alex and then it was uh kind of a developer direct, but normally I I don't, I agree a hundred percent in the value that the agent provides local knowledge, local expertise. Um, and they make things happen so much easier, faster, and you, you put yourself in a better position to be successful. Um, I believe now, you know, a lot of people get into real estate, Chris, and I know, you know, this and, and, and. They get into real estate to buy a property or sell a property, then they get out of the business. That that's been the old uh, trick-a-roo for years. Yeah. So most brokers don't let you do that. Most brokers will charge you fifty percent commissions on the first deals you do, you know, and make you charge yourself six percent to sell it, so they they know what you're up to.
0: This sun is unbelievable. It's it's kind of nice, but I have these darkening shades, but they're not very darkening, are
2: they? Just so you know, Chris, you make me look ridiculously tan right now. Thank you for that, by the way.
0: Yeah, thank you. That's do celebrated. all homes in do all do all homes in Minnesota get the property tax ban reassessing the home's value every time it sells? The reason I ask is because our daughter is buying in Nevada, and the realtor out there told them one of the advantages of Nevada is that they do not do that when a home sells out there. I I think that's it's data that they use um, for it, and I think you would. I, I think it's silly to even think that the. County doesn't look at what the data is to be able to try to judge what the value is of that house. So um, I,
2: I think they do, but isn't it, Chris, at, at the first of the year, they make an assessment what happened in the previous the following year? They, they're, year. Not, yep. they're not live time. They're not like, oh, they sold it for 100 grand more up to taxes. I think what they do is they reassess it and they do put that into the pot as to, hey, that house you sold for 650. Um, it's being taxed at 500. And then down the road, they may raise the taxes on everybody in that area because everybody's property. Like we just all went through. Anybody that got their property tax statement puked when they saw them this year. I mean, I, it's ridiculous. Everybody went up uh, 80, 100, 200 grand. And it's like, you know, what you have to look at, though, really, is is the tax obligation behind um, what exactly are they saying? How does it impact you for how much you're paying? Because sometimes when that value goes up, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be paying more in taxes. Right. It's just how they're assessing the whole value of the city. Exactly.
1: Well.
0: Totally Last true. one,
1: quick one, is uh, tell Andy there's an unfinished property on 3rd and Broadway, and Alex, he could take over.
0: Well, uh, let's secure that one. Let Andy Andy Prasky, the local Alexandria realtor. How about that?
2: I, you know what? I think I would do, though, is if I moved to Alex, I would like, and I'm I'm not saying this to insult anybody, so I apologize to anybody that will be insulted by this. I'm going up there next weekend for the Builders Show. And I'm surprised that half the builders do not have a Facebook page, a website, anything. And they're all the small town. I go, if somebody just had a website, for example, I think you could sell 50 homes a year up there because there's there, there's eight lumber yards feeding the Alexandria market. That means there's a lot of building going on. So in it, it, that whole area, right? And it's like, I just I, I think somebody could go up there without a lot of razzle dazzle and actually become successful awesome
0: razzle dazzle builders
2: represented nice. by andrew Prasky. yes let's do it morning nice. why don't you be my builder you go yeah. up there and you be the hard shoot hey let's get these number prices down let's you guys start framing that house up there yeah. and i'll be yeah. like yeah sell it That's
1: right. <laughs> hey make sure you give us a like or a heart uh we post three clips a week on our facebook Give us a review on Spotify, iTunes, or Facebook. If there's any sponsors out there that want to sponsor the show, reach out to us and have a wonderful day. See you next week.